Hello and welcome to our continuing series of Green Elephant B Corp interviews. B Corporations, or B Corps for short, are businesses that meet the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency and legal accountability to balance profit and purpose. Throughout this series we are chatting with key people in companies which have chosen to certify as B Corps and become a force for good. This week I've been joined by Amelia Gammon from Bide Planetary Services. Bide Planet, as we'll carry on from here on in, was incorporated in the midst of the first UK lockdown and provides vegan, plastic-free, toxin-free cleaning products, which are handmade by homemakers. They've become a pending B Corporation as they've not made it through their first years of trading yet. Amelia Gammon has gracefully pirouetted onto the business startup scene with this social enterprise of Bide. Having started up as a B Corp pending, Amelia is now driving forward with their first Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign, which is already making great headway. So we need to know more. So welcome to the show, Amelia. Thank you. Um, so the elephant in the room question that I have for you is by planetary services? <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> so just, what, what was behind the name? Well, the planetary services was the kind of more formal part. Um, Bide, the, the reason that we've used the word Bide is because I wanted something that was synonymous with feeling safe and taken care of. And also this idea that if you're worried about sustainability or what you need to do is your contribution to the planet, we've taken care of it, you're safe, you can bide your time knowing that we've done the hard work for you. So that's the idea behind Bide. The planetary services is because we want to have, be a service for the planet. So that's kind of always centering our focus. Yeah, and and we may, I mentioned in the intro that you, you launched this company really straight in B Corp pending. So you formed the company as a B Corp. Yeah. So we so we um, we actually became incorporated in. Uh, we founded in March of last year at the beginning of the pandemic, yes. and we went to market with our first um, consumer products in July. Uh, and we went straight out of the bat for B Corp because I've been watching B Corp for a while and knew that it was, for me, an instant kind of badge of showing the world exactly what our value system was. Yeah, uh, and, and a worthy worthy one to do. Is it, uh, well, I don't usually dive into the B Corp bit to the end, but it's kind of interesting. Was it difficult to form a business? Was it difficult to do the B Corp assessment as you would have had to have gone through yeah whilst you were still forming the business or was it were you absolutely set on what you were going to do you knew absolutely where you're going to go I knew exactly where we wanted to go but actually I would say it's easier to do it when you're at the beginning stage of a business being formed than you are in a later stage because it can help influence the way that we structure ourselves and the policies that we put in place. If you're a large or established business and you're trying to go through that um, process, you're gonna have to adjust and rethink the way that you've been doing things normally. So I actually think it served as an advantage to us because we were at that new stage and we can kind of be more flexible about the way that we do things. The other, so thing, you, sorry, I was gonna say the other thing that made it really easy for us is that 
um, the assessment wasn't hard for us because everything that they ask you to do, we were already doing, and that's the kind of focus of the company. So, yeah, yeah. okay, well, that's, that's interesting because we we like so many other B Corps came to it afterwards, but we, you know, you're, you're right, it is harder. The bigger you go, the more you have to um, to address possibly. Yeah. So uh, in my, I always do a little bit of research because I like to know the person behind the companies that I'm talking to, but you are a little yeah. bit of a dark horse. Oh, really? Uh, and I hinted at, you know, uh, at the fact that your degree <laughs> yes. is in dance and culture. Mm, yeah. So a bit of a, a leap oh, to... <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and compete with you on dance phrases that's for sure but what okay firstly the degree did it i suppose what i'm trying to find out is what, where did your sustainability where did you suddenly realize that social responsibility and sustainability was key to you um actually it started from a really really young age so this is a story that i haven't i don't think i've ever shared but um i come from a large family and when i was a little kid uh, we lived in bristol and there were so many of us um that my parents ended up buying a nursing home for us to live in and there was uh, one of the residents didn't have any family members so stayed in the nursing home whilst we moved in until her time had come so i think <laughs> <laughs> from a very young age I was really aware of um the kind of different people's lives and and different things that could affect so I had like a really strong feeling of empathy and that kind of then um expanded out to nature and the planet and understanding that we are so collected connected with one another and we have such impacts in the things that we do that we really need to address it the dance thing uh I wouldn't say has any connection to sustainability oh, um I think that was just, uh, I don't know, I had a passion for dance. I did a dance degree and then um, I traveled around the world dancing in, in temples in India and, and did some fantastic things. And then I ended up accidentally getting into media. So prior to Bide, I've spent the last 20 years in film and TV, uh, making lots of money for people that perhaps I shouldn't have done. Um, so my sustainability journey was more in my personal life uh, so I've been trying to live the most sustainable life that I can at home. Yeah. And as I've had children and, and kept having children, I realized that I needed to kind of address that balance with being a little bit more forthright in what I was doing for my kind of effort for the planet. Okay, and kept having children suggested you're on the way to buying a nursing home next. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. But actually, we've got, we're in a, um, we've converted a chapel into an eco home uh and so there's plenty of room yeah for for the children and because we're now running off of solar and air source uh we're not putting so much of a burden on the kind of normal grid so um yeah that makes me sleep a little better at night okay so you, i mean you're you're kind of uh environmentally aware from at from the core and from the offset um uh, just an interesting point with your your elderly resident your was was the intergenerational did you do you engage with them yeah yeah and so was the intergenerational piece in interest is that yeah in fact i started working in a nursing i didn't ever connect the two so thanks for this this is quite an interesting uh like counseling session so i started Welcome. 
<laughs> I started working in a nursing home when I was 14 as my first part-time job uh, as a care assistant. So I used to wash um, the elderly residents and, and, you know, look after them and you know, all the things that the less glamorous job. Um, and I did that all the way through university. So uh, I was working in the care sector for many, many years. So yeah, I love that kind of um, I love that dialogue and the relationship that you can have from an intergenerational point of view. And it's lost because, you know, we used to, a hundred years ago, you would have had three generations in a house, no problem. Yeah. Now we kind of push them out to the home. We all have our separate houses and, and annex people off so that you don't have to spend too much time with them. And maybe, it, you know, that has changed perspectives a bit. Yeah. So... Let's go back to the company. Uh, uh, you know, I won't dig any deeper into that, lest I reveal something uh, too dark. Um, <laughs> the you, you formed Bide Planetary Services, Bide, let's call it, as a social enterprise. Yes. Now, I'm not completely familiar with social enterprises. I'm sure as a lot of our listeners are not. Could you give me the the, the social enterprise one hundred and one training course? Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing anyone would do would be to check out some of the organisations of which there are many. So in the UK, we've got Social Enterprise UK. So they are effectively like a B Corp for accreditation for companies that put people first. Okay. And they've got cousins of that type of brand all over um, the world. And Fair Trade is also part of the Social Enterprise heading. Yep. And so effectively, Social Enterprise is a company or initiative that is putting people first before profit and before anything else. So we're saying, OK, what are we doing that actually has a social good that has impact? And those organizations can be small local um, projects or they can, you know, they can be big, um, big companies. But the common factor is, is that we are constantly checking that what we're doing is actually going to have a societal impact for good. Okay, but although, uh, and obviously there's that uh, the, uh, opposite, the, the other aspect of B Corp is that you have to make a profit. Yeah. Um, so there, there must be a profit element to it, but what you're saying, what, what happens to that profit element then? So you have to contribute a certain percentage of profits uh, for social goods. So that for some people, okay. that means that they give a certain proportion of profits to a social charity or a community um activity for us it means that our entire business structure is built around social good okay that's great so uh, other thing i i mentioned um in the intro was that you use um, and we're talking specifically now about the the bide boxes that you yeah. provide yeah Cash, before i ask my first question what is a bide box let's start there so a buy box contains a month's supply of all of the cleaning products that you need for your home, but they are um, eco-friendly, vegan, toxin-free, and they're all made by hand. So we have two boxes. One of the things that was really important to me is that we could make sustainability affordable because more often than not, green consumer goods have an additional price tag on them. So we have one box, it's £10, and in there you have a month's supply of dishwasher powder, washing up liquid concentrate and toilet cleaning bombs. So everything is plastic free. Um, all of our packaging is pre 100% recycled and all of our bags are home compostable. And then we have a slightly larger box, which is 25 pounds. And that has everything that I've just described, plus things like compostable cloths and vegan wooden dish brushes and scourers and um, cleaning sprays. And 
Yes, which is what I have on the way. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. So you mentioned there they're handmade. Now, you say on your site that you, you support Working Chance. Now, what is that? So Working Chance is the UK's only employment charity to work exclusively with women with convictions. So there's a huge amount of prejudice associated with women who leave the prison system. And Working Chance basically helps them build up the confidence, but also tries to champion these women to show that their past shouldn't be um, affecting their ability to be um, part of the employment system. So our partnership with Working Chance means that um, their uh, clients can come and become home manufacturers within the bike system. And we provide a stepping stone to help them build confidence and experience to provide them with references so that they then can take the next step into their future career. All right, okay. I mean, is that prejudice, I, I must have never come across it, is, is the prejudice that severe i mean that they, yeah i mean there's some stats that they share that 96 percent of the women who leave pr the prison system within six weeks still haven't found employment so um they're disproportionately affected by um prejudice and also if they've been in the prison system for a while they're out of practice of you know having an interview process or being in a workplace um, yeah. Yeah. all right okay well, that's, that's fascinating so they you use this network they then when you say handmade what do you mean so uh, we provide them with all the raw ingredients and we provide them with remote training in the form of video tutorials live video calls and also um, written instructions in how to make each of our cleaning products so by way of example this is a, one of our toilet bombs here uh, so yeah. people, people listening on audio we're holding up something that looks like a marshmallow actually it looks like a marshmallow and interestingly um we um most of our products is made are made from food grade ingredients um and we've not made it. a decision <laughs> not gonna eat it but we've oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a brilliant bit of video that would that, that would oh yeah but we've made um we've made that choice because people are making these in their own homes so instead of making yeah. it cleaning practice products and factories, bring factories into people's houses. Right. Um, so they make the products and we pay them for that which they produce and then we collect them, put them in boxes and send them on. Wow. And what, what made you come up with this, this method of doing things? Is it purely that that's the reason you formed the company and that's that's where you're going to go? Was this? Did you, actually, I'll tell you the, the journey. So yeah. um, originally I wanted to, I started with cleaning products because it's the area of the house that has the most plastic in it, in the household. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so I thought that was a brilliant place to start. So first of all, I started looking at some of the other eco cleaning products that are on the market and started talking to factories and manufacturers. And the thing that kept coming up was that actually their manufacturing method uh, wasn't particularly sustainable. So they didn't use renewable energy sources to power their factories. They were places that often had chemical um, ingredients as part of other product lines they were producing for other people. And the whole thing just didn't add up for me. Like, why would we create an eco um, product that actually wasn't made in a particularly environmentally sound way? That was one thing. The other, in parallel, my sister's a foster carer and she also has a dis disability, so she can't go out to get work. Yeah. Um, she ended up buying into an M MLM scheme uh, to try and get some more uh, money. MLM? Multi-level marketing, you know where oh, they yeah. buy Pyramid. into it. Yeah, okay. Pyramid yeah. scheme. 
And it kind of struck me that actually that was the answer to my challenge about how to produce these goods in a more environmentally sound way was to enable women like my sister, a single parent, to be able to work from home. Uh, she can pick it the hours that she wants, produce what she wants to fit around her life and earn a living, but without having to buy into a system. So that was the, the journey that we went on. That's fascinating. And the whole ingredient, there must be a hell of a challenge if uh, on the ingredient front, because if you're going for wholly natural, why, why is the, the cleaning companies, the historical cleaning companies always gone down the ammonia route or, you know, the, 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 the caustic substances? Why, why haven't they fallen to natural? Is there a challenge there? Well, originally they were. Like when you think about the original cleaning products that our grandparents would have used, they were all powder based. They were used yeah. for the materials. Yeah. Yeah. And then as because any type of innovation means that you have to create another need to buy, they started changing packaging. They started changing the form. You know, look at dishwasher powder is a great example. Dishwashers have a detergent compartment in them because they used to take powder. And then the dishwasher powder manufacturers said, oh, you know what, we could probably make some more money if we put it in a capsule with plastic wraps around it. And then they were like, oh, let's try it with liquid. And then it can have a little ball in the middle. And the more product innovation wasn't necessarily because it did a better job. It was just a way of getting consumers to spend more money. So um, the reason why these companies don't do the natural kind of going back to basics is because their point of innovation is trying to get more money out of consumers. If they were to go back to basics, they couldn't keep bringing in new SKUs that would charge more money or more reason to buy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could spend hours talking about this because it drives me crazy. The one thing that drives me absolutely mad is perfume, because we are now preconditioned as humans to believe that something's clean if it smells clean. But you can clean something with vinegar, for example, and you won't think it smells clean, you think it smells like vinegar, which mm. is why the cleaning company products, conventional clean product companies put so much fragrance in everything to give us the sense that we've done a good job at cleaning. Yeah, and I absolutely buy into that completely. Um, obviously, we, we try all sorts of environmental products, but some of the, some of the best things you can do is um, not use anything uh I, I always go on about it i i at the big at the beginning of lockdown i stopped using shampoo and yeah. there was a eight week nightmare um <laughs> duration where i look like uh horrendous but it's all right i blamed on the fact i hadn't had a haircut and now um as good as it's ever been and it was always so uh, it had to smell good and and, and be squeaky clean and does it? Um, you know, we, we have been preconditioned. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we have been conditioned into believing these things. Uh, funny, I didn't, didn't know it, or was it not? Anyway, uh, so uh, that's interesting. So we're just going back to basics, you know, yeah. um, uh, and and you're keeping it, I think, in an incredibly cost-effective. In fact, I would say it's even cheaper than this heavily laden chemically toxic how toxic are cleaning fluids then really, generally really bad really really bad i mean the best way to check is if you look on the back of a bottle of something that you're about to throw down the toilet and if it says if in contact with hands 
<laughs> contacted doctor <laughs> then that's a pretty good sign that it's not good for you to yeah to put into your water system tip noted thank you very much um, <laughs> if caustic don't swallow uh, and buy something else uh, so uh, keeping on the ingredients why mm. vegan i am a vegan okay uh, and I believe that that should be applied to everything that we're doing going forward. So I don't think there's any need to use anything that's tested on animals or anything that has uh, an animal derivative. There's no need for clean products to have it. So let's just go out there with plant-based power. Yeah, and and that, or is it, and I suppose the final thing you, you say, non-toxic. The other thing is the packaging. Yes. Now let's talk packaging because I'm sure it's either a subject you love or you loathe. I love, I love, I, oh. I, I did love, I didn't love it, but I do love it now. Okay, why? Well, we actually started our um, design of our products from the outside in. So we started with the packaging saying, okay, we want to make use packaging that can be easily recycled or compostable, ideally home compostable, because that's the kind of the thing that we're all going after. So yeah. what we also had to have the consideration that everything we're making is being made by somebody by hand. So what? how can we design our products to be able to fit within that packaging? So all of our um, dishwasher powder and our laundry powder, I'm going to hold something up, but you're not going to see it if you're well, not. Well, people dive to YouTube. Yes. So this is our um, laundry powder bag, and this yeah. is home compostable. Now, um, right. because it's home compostable, it is robust enough to get to your house and it's robust enough to be in your uh, kitchen cupboard, but it wouldn't be robust enough for you to start throwing it around the room. And we made a packaging decision to go for something that doesn't necessarily look shiny and slick, but actually serves its purpose and then can be easily um, disposed of without causing any harm to the environment. Um, and then the, the one I'm most excited by is our washing up liquid uh, tub. So we ship um, washing up liquid in a cardboard pot and it's lined with vegan wax inside. Um, and then we seal it up with recycled um, tape. So, yeah, we're shipping liquid in recycled cardboard. Wow. Oh, now I'm looking forward to the pack coming through even more. <laughs> Quite excited. Well, I mean, it just sounds fascinating. So, so your dream of zero waste, yes, is not a pipe dream. No, and actually, we've got a new a new function. So, to get our cleaning products uh, out to our um, home manufacturers and back again, we're actually repurposing gone off milk uh, bottles. So, our washing up liquid is coming to us in four pint um, bottles of milk although the milk's gone and we've sterilized it. So we're actually reusing other waste from the supermarkets to be able to move um, our materials around. Wow, you, you certainly put a lot of effort into making this uh, a, a truly environmental product range. It's very impressive, I, I have to say. So let's talk about this Indiegogo then. So yeah. what, why did you pick to do a crowdfunder? What was your... So one of the things that was really important to me when we started collaborating with Working in Chance is that I wanted to create a big impact around it. And I didn't want them to just organically become part of the system. I wanted to use it as an opportunity to really highlight the issue that these women were being overlooked. 
So the crowdfunding campaign was to support that collaboration. Oh, okay. Look, here you go. Here are these women. If you help us get to this target, we can get loads of them into our system in one go and really kind of change their lives. So that was the motivation behind the crowdfunding campaign. Okay. And, and what, what's, what's, the, what, what's on offer, let's say? So, and for those, perhaps those that are not Indiegogers, aren't Indiegogers? There's a new word. <laughs> Indie, indigo goers, indigo, yeah. indie people that use indigo. What is it? Indigo, sorry. <laughs> Indiegogo is a crowdfunding platform. So it's an opportunity for small projects or kind of new innovation to get crowdfunding for them to go into business. So normally it's what's typically used for something that hasn't yet gone into production. And we're using it as a way to kind of scale our impact by getting lots of people on board. So our pledges start from £20 um, and that pledge will give you um, our large, um, normally £25 box, plus um, we throw in a couple of extras. And then we offer people um, discounts for being able to subscribe for six months or for two years or for five years. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there are... It's the two deals, isn't it? Is was there two pledges on it, or no? So we've got just the twenty pound box. Yeah, so twenty pound box, and then you can have multiples of that. So we will provide you with cleaning for six months, or for two years, or for five years. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I obviously on our show page, we'll make sure that there is adequate links to the Indiegogo, um, and I, I I'll do a little um, review on our normal show as well when I get the pack. Um, perhaps I, I might video a bomb going in the toilet. Yeah, uh, one of your bombs going in the toilet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> when you unpack your box, so in your box, um, we filled it with cornstarch filler. So, mm. yeah, so you can use that cornstarch filler for crafting uh, or just dissolve it in water. Or, or you can believe you're eating a what's it with no taste. Again, I'm not recommending that you eat anything in the box. <laughs> Oh, look, you say it's all natural. I'm going to eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> Every law shut liquid. Uh, we'll have a, have a go at that one. So <laughs> thanks for all that. Oh, let's go back to the B Corp. Um, just finally to wind it up, because you are going to be one, hopefully, in a year or so's time. Uh, under a year, hopefully. Uh, what what are you, what's what's the value you got out of becoming a B Corp? Why? Why? You know, you attracted you at the very beginning and you've built your business around it. But why, why, why do you think it's valuable? I think it's valuable because it's now an understood or it's a growing understanding that by having a B Corp brand that you've gone through this verification process and it also guides consumers to put their spending power behind the companies that actually want to make a difference. The other reason is because from a community point of view, hence making friends with you, it's a really lovely network effect of people who have very similar value systems. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more. The community is amazing. Mm. Um, so, uh, and you, you'll be very well, very welcomed when uh, that certification comes through. I know that. So, um, I, few things for us to to do uh, as we wind up but the first thing i'd like to talk about is any tip you might have for people uh to use to to make their life that little bit better generally to be better or for sustainability tip oh you you pick but 
whichever well, you want. I always, think, I always think forcing yourself to smile when you feel miserable is a great tip <laughs> because you can't help yeah. but feel better. Um, but my sustainability tip would be that every time you go to do anything in your day-to-day -day life, like whether it's reaching for a tea bag or going to take some toilet roll off the roll, just pause for like one second and think, okay, is this the most sustainable version of this that I could do? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, I, uh, yeah, fantastic. Can't say much more than that. You see, stop and think, really. Yeah. Excellent. What about a recommendation? Your eyes lit up when I suggested you should make a recommendation. You could do films or books or whatever you like. So Yeah, so actually mine's a bit of a curveball. So my recommendation, there's a book called Invisible Women by Caroline Perez. Yes. And yes, so you know it. Yes. And this is why I recommend it because it's basically talking about how women have been left out of all sorts of data collection from the beginning of data collection. And the reason why I recommend um, reading it is not necessarily just to talk about how much women have been overlooked, but also to remind ourselves that we more often than not put a bias on our decision making without realising it. And it's really important that we stop for a moment and get outsiders view and get other people's perspectives so that whatever we do is genuinely the right thing to do for a large uh, population rather than just our own bias. Yeah, I mean, bias is such a, it's a really difficult thing. Because we all have a bias. Every one of us has a bias. It, it may not be gender bias. It, it could be anything. Mm. Um, uh, but it, to actually try and cut out bias, to look at things honestly and truthfully on their true underlying facts is a, is a real struggle. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll put a link to that book. Um, uh, and it's, it's one I've, I've had pointed to before. And uh, we had a, a very good conversation. I think it was Debbie and, and Kate from, from B Labs. And they, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it was one of the ones they recommended. So uh, I'll have to have a, a deeper look. I read up about it, but I haven't actually got it. Um, okay. So finally, fact or fake? Are you ready for my three facts or fake? Okay, go for it. Simply, number one, Denmark is the cleanest country in the world. Is that a fact or a fake? I'm going to say fact. <sighs> She's right. Straight off. Number one, you are right. Oh, it's a survey done at the moment. They are uh, deemed to be the cleanest country. Um, yeah, I mean, good for them, but they're probably not that dirty in the first place. Do you have a jingle for this section? Oh, do you, do you want to make one? I should. <laughs> Fact or fake? No, no, no. <laughs> I'll let you come up with a, a fact or fake jingle and send it through. We will do, we'll add anything on for a laugh, that's for sure. <laughs> um, okay, number two. 58% of office workers will contract some form of contagious illness during their professional lives due to poor workplace sanitation. Is that a fact or a fake? 58% of office workers will contract a contagious illness during their working lives. 
I would say, having worked in an office and seeing how grubby a lot of my co-workers were, I'm going to say fact. <laughs> well, it's a fake. Oh, what percentage is it then? 98. Oh, my God. <laughs> so basically, you're going to go to work. You're going to catch something. It's almost assured. <gasps> Wowzers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this comes from a commercial cleaning company who posted a few <laughs> few horrific facts uh and uh and some i mean it's really really very interesting however my last one with one each mm. so uh for the win most cleaning products must be left on surfaces for at least two to five minutes before wiping away is that a fact or a fake well that's a good question because on the instructions of most cleaning products, it does say that, but I don't think it's the majority. So I'm going to say fake. Oh, rats. <laughs> she, and Amelia takes the win. So yeah, most cleaning products must be left on the surface. 30 to 60 seconds is the commercial guidance, um, which uh, for it to take effect. And, and uh, I, I never really thought about this, but in contact time, you're probably I'm not the only one to have learned this today, but it's the amount of time a true cleaning agent, a true cleaning agent can do what it's supposed to do, kill bacteria, viruses, whatever. Mm. And, and that's why we've got this nice 22nd hand washing routine, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. One final one. Um, we won't do this one, but this is a fact. I also found cleaning will typically help you burn around 200 calories an hour. Amazing. And you know that for mental wellness, it's, cleaning is proven to improve your mood. So a bunch of facts, um, uh, a loss from my my behalf, but I'm, I'm happy it wasn't a clean sweep. How long did you get to come up with that one? Well, about three seconds ago. <laughs> As, as it was coming out, I wasn't happy with it. But let's stick with that and say thank you very much, Amelia, for joining us on The Green Elephant Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. We really hope that you found this insight into another B Corp both informative and entertaining. So make sure you don't miss any of our chats with B Corporations by subscribing to either our podcast, available on all good providers, or The Green Elephant YouTube channel. And please don't forget to spread the word with others. If you have any questions about being or becoming a B Corp or any comments and suggestions about the show, please do get in touch. You can email studio at greenelephant.show or visit our website greenelephant.show or find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube or Twitter by searching for at Green Ellipod or The Green Elephant Show. You can also review the show on Google and Apple Podcasts. Join us next time and we hope you have a sustainable and socially responsible week.